Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. I asked God, I said, what can I bring? What can I bring today? What can I share that's going to inspire, inspire us all to share your gospel more? I believe the answer was challenge the love of Jesus. And uh, I'm not sure if that what I'm about to share today will challenge you or applies to you, but it challenges and applies to me. The love of Jesus. Uh, how much do I love Jesus? Uh, how willing am I to die for Jesus? See, salvation was a free gift, but it wasn't cheap. It cost Jesus his life. It cost God his only son. But it's our free gift. So... We've got something so precious to share and it's free. And people get suspicious when things are free. They think it's not of worth, don't they? But the thing is, it's of great worth. It's of great, you know, love and cost that Jesus died for our sin. And uh, praise God for that, that he did do that. See, like I said, I get challenged When Jesus rose again and appeared to the apostles when they were fishing, when they went back fishing, he challenged Peter in John chapter 21. If you'd like to turn there. There's that. (coughs) A couple of free minutes. Um, Verse 15. Remember they caught the fish. Jesus had had the fire ready to go. And Anyway, verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend to my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I don't know if Jesus was asking Peter three times, whether that's in line with Peter denying him three times or not. Uh, Some people will share it that way. Others don't. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But one thing I do know, that if we're going to feed Jesus' lambs and sheep, we need to love the shepherd. Like we need to love Jesus. We're going to share about the love of Jesus. We've got to receive the love of Jesus. We've got to know about the love of Jesus. We've got to, it's got to come freely. Uh, you know, the love of Jesus come freely. You know, the hireling will do the job, but he's unlikely to love the sheep very much. Certainly not likely to love the sheep the same way as the shepherd loves the sheep. See, sheep obey the voice of the shepherd. I've seen it. I've shared this story before, but there'll be a few here that probably never haven't heard me share it. Well, when I was in Golgong growing up, there was a man there. He was legally blind. He used to look after sheep. He lived in a house block, but he used to keep his sheep locked up of a night. And of a day, he'd take his sheep out and find the pasture for them. And it was amazing because I remember just watching him. He, like I said, he was half blind. He had to cross two roads in Golgong. You know, there might have been an FJ Holden go past every five minutes. 
every five hours, I don't know. But he had to cross two roads. But he'd be there feeding his sheep and he'd say, come on. And every single one of them, well, every time I observed, I don't know whether there was rebellious sometimes, but they'd come and they'd line up behind him. Not in single file, but they'd line up and they wouldn't go past him. And then he'd go across the road, then he'd go across the next road and he'd lock them up. But they knew his voice and they all had a name because my father and uncle used to go and shear him when, every 12 months. He'd go down there and he'd say, oh, this is such and such, you know, you get this name on this one and that one and all these kinds of things. But the reason I'm just sharing this, I suppose, is to say they knew the voice of the shepherd. You know, they loved the shepherd. The shepherd loved the sheep as well. The same way with us. It's a two-way thing. If the Bible says that Jesus loves us, we need to believe that Jesus loves us. And if we're going to share about the love of Jesus Christ, we've got to believe that Jesus loves us. You've got to believe it and we share about that love and not say, oh, well, that's for someone else. No, God so loved the whole world. Jesus died for the whole world. So we can't think that it's for someone else. The promises of God are what? Yes and amen, we sing that. The promises of God are true. And uh, see, that's the challenge. Do we love Jesus? Or has our love for him grown cold? Could be that we was never hot in the first place. When you're first born again of Jesus, your love is hot. My love was hot. Sadly to say, it was probably hotter then than it is now. But God's working on it. <laughs> but you know, you think when you're first saved, you have a hot love for Jesus Christ. You can't but help tell the world about Jesus Christ. What happens? The cares and the worries and the things of the world come around your life and you start to guard and protect yourself. You know, when you're growing up, I grew up riding horses. Never thought for once you'd fall off. Whether that was pride, arrogance or whatever, I don't, youth or I don't know what it is. You didn't think you'd fall off the horse. Did we fall off? Yes, plenty of times. You didn't think you'd get hurt. But now you get older, hardly ever wore a saddle. Now you just ride bareback, you just do whatever, ride backwards, do anything. And nowadays, you're too frightened to even get on the horse sometimes. <laughs> it might buck. But what I'm saying is we start to let the mind dictate rather than allow the passion and the zeal for something that you love. So, see, we let too much of our, our life get in the road of our passion for Jesus. And uh, that's what's happened to me anyway. See, our relationship with Jesus, could it be one of convenience? It needs to be one of relationship, relational love, not convenience. See, it's wrong thinking just to follow some of the ways of Jesus so we can get into heaven. You know, when I was going to school, 51%, that was my aim, just a pass. <laughs> yeah, I was better than 51%. I could have attained more than 51%, but that was a pass. Might be born now, I don't know. But anyway, that was a pass. It doesn't work that way in God's economy. God wants 100%. He wants all our love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. You know, love your neighbour as yourself. You know, it's 100%. God requires 100%. Why? He gave us 100%. 
He requires the same. He doesn't require anything from us that he hasn't already provided for us. Amazing. (laughs) But I might be wrong in lots of people's opinions, but I believe that just saying the sinner's prayer or just going to church doesn't save people. Repentance and relationship with Jesus saves lives. Repentance and relationship, that's what saves lives. Yes, the other two things are important steps for people to take, but that is only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Our gospel message is repent. What did Jesus, get the words out, what did Peter say on the day of Pentecost? Repent and be baptised every one of you in the name of Jesus. And what happened? Those who gladly received, everyone was challenged by that statement, but those who gladly received, they're the ones that entered the kingdom of God. About 3,000 souls were added. There was more than 3,000 that were there, but those who gladly received the word. You know, there was a challenge there. See, true repentance, that is turning away from the former life, gives us the freedom and passion to share the love of Christ. Gives the freedom and a passion if we turn away from our former life. See, I believe we've got to, when we get born again, we've got to drop the L. We're full of the world <laughs> before you're born again. And after you're born again, you need to be full of the word. Take the L out of the world and just be full of the word, full of the passion and the zeal you know, of, the, of the word of God. But how can you be filled with the Word of God if we don't fill ourselves? You know, we've got to fill the tank with the Word of God. We've got to fill the whole, you know, the God part of us with God parts. It might be, uh, what is it? Um, easy to say, but garbage in, garbage out. God in, God out. Spirit in, spirit out. You know, there might not be no great revelation, but the thing is, Whatever we fill our lives with, that's what's going to flow out. We fill our lives with the love of Christ. That's what's going to flow out. We fill our lives with strife, envy, contention, bitterness, evil doings, you know, coarse language. What's going to come out? That's exactly what's going to come out. What you put in is going to come out. See, so much better to share what Jesus has done if you have one, experienced it, two, believe it, and three, are living it. It's so much easier, so much better. In other words, sharing the gospel from a position of victory is much easier than sharing it from a position of theory. You know, we've got to be practical. The kingdom of God is for participators. It's not for spectators. You know, we've got to participate in the life of Christ. If we want the life of Christ flowing out of us, then we've got to be in the life of Christ and allow that to flow out of us. Praise the living God that He does that. Praise the living God that He stirs up he, the God conscious part, the spirit part of us, that, that rivers of living water will flow out of us. But we've got to put it in there. You won't get diesel out of a milk carton, will you? <laughs> You won't get the fire. You won't get, you know, high octane fuel by, you know, high performance out of a jet aeroplane putting caro in it. You know, we've got to put the fuel of God in so the fuel of God comes out. And that's believing what God says about us. 
See, it's not necessarily effective to tell the world about the love of Jesus if you don't believe he loves you. It's not necessarily effective to tell the world that Jesus has changed our life if we don't believe he has or there's no obvious evidence that he has. I'm not saying it can't be done or hasn't already been done. All I'm saying is that it is more convincing if we share the gospel, if it comes from a passion and if it comes from a zeal, a love for Jesus. It's more convincing. If I say Jesus loves me and Jesus loves you and Jesus, you know, is the answer to the, every situation and through Jesus we can conquer and have victory. If I'm living a life of victory, then it's more convincing, isn't it? That's, uh, you know, that just goes hand in hand. It's where it comes from. Wouldn't have a clue where I'm up to now. <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23, he said, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they say to do, but don't do what they practice. How sad's that? How sad's that? The religious leaders of the day, Jesus was saying, yes, they're sitting in the place of authority. They're sitting in that position. They should, you know, they, they, in Moses' seat. In other words, the authority. They're there. You do exactly what they tell you to do because they're telling you the right things, but don't do what they're doing. Can Jesus say the same about us? No. You know, what's the saying? Preach what you practice. But I'm saying, can you practice? Sorry. What is it? Practice what you preach. But can you preach what you're practicing? That's what I was trying to say. Can I preach what I'm practicing? Can I be like Paul and say, imitate me as I imitate Christ? Can we say that? You know, can we say that to the world? That's the message that we need to have. And our confidence, not out of pride, not out of arrogance, not out of other false humility or anything like that, but out of a genuineness love for Jesus Christ. I am imitating Christ, so therefore imitate me. Follow my example. Follow my way. Use me as a pattern. Didn't uh, Paul say that? Use Timothy as a pattern and those full of faith as a pattern, as an example. So that's our challenge, to be an example, to be that, the ones that's called us to be. See, practical experience and not theory-based. Sometimes we get so caught up in theory-based. You know, can't get a history of answered prayer if you don't pray. How can we get a history of answered prayer if we don't pray? And how can we pray if we're full of unbelief? We won't pray if you're full of unbelief. If you don't believe that God promises and will do what He says He will do, if you don't believe that God is the answer, if you don't believe through Jesus Christ that we can conquer, if you don't believe that through Him we have all strength, then we won't pray. We'll be silent. We'll seek some other way. But if we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, we believe that Jesus is the answer and Him, we are more than the conquerors, then we will pray and we'll pray believing through faith. There's a difference. We'll share the love of Christ. We'll share the, the victory in Christ if we pray and believe that we have it. That's, that's the difference. See, like I said earlier, true Christianity is for participators, not spectators. We've got to transition from theory to practical. Are you going to get a few things wrong? You bet. 
Oh, we shouldn't bet probably. <laughs> Put your trust in God. <laughs> We're going to get a few things not quite right. We're not. There's just going to be some things. But we go going again in Jesus. It's not one strike you're out. If it was one strike, where would Peter been? Peter would have been long in the dust. <laughs> he could preach about a week about Peter's life, <laughs> about the mistakes and the things he did. But Jesus didn't change him. His greatest asset was his mouth. He kept using his mouth, kept proclaiming the gospel. He had passion. He had zeal. He had enthusiasm. He didn't always engage his brain before he put his mouth into gear. But, you know, he, he just had it. He didn't try to change that. What did he do? He just put his spirit into him. That was the difference that he made. That's all we need. God doesn't want to change us, you know, unless we're totally weird and wacky, of course. <laughs> but he just wants to put his spirit into us and that will change us automatically. That's where the biggest change is going to have. If you're struggling to change, just put more of the spirit of God in and less of the world. That's the difference. That's how it works. See, we might get a few wrong things wrong from time to time, but keep on practising. So your own testimony is far more valuable than what you've heard. The one you, like, it's great to hear testimonies. We can get inspired. We can get encouraged from someone else's testimony. But your own testimony is the most important one you'll ever have. It's the most important. No one will ever take it away from you. No one can take it away from you unless we give it away. Unless we allow the cobwebs to get around it. Unless we allow the thorns to get around it, figuratively speaking, of course. Unless we allow, unless we lose it, it's our testimony. We know that what God has done for us. We can argue all day over doctrine and interpretation of doctrine, all those kinds of things. But who can take your testimony away from you? Who can take your relationship away from Jesus that you have in Jesus Christ? No one can take it away. No one can convince it. The only way it'll ever go is if you give it away or let the love of Jesus grow cold in your heart. That's the only way it'll ever happen. Someone come and told me Jesus is not real. I won't believe it. I won't believe it. I know he's real. Do, do my life always look, do I always live that way? Sometimes I get forgetful. <laughs> Sometimes I do. Sometimes I get things wrong. Sometimes, you know, does that mean Jesus doesn't exist? No, it just means that I've failed him. He's never failed me. I've said it many times. The blood of Jesus Christ has never failed once, but I've failed the blood. We, that sometimes we all can fail the blood, what the blood has done, what the cross of Calvary has done. I'm not sure where I'm up to now. <laughs> Just um, want to share one, one point for what you love is what you share. What you love is what you talk about. That's uh, wherever it be yourself. If you love yourself, that's all you're going to talk about. If you love hatred, that's all you're going to talk about. Offense, that's all you're going to talk about. You know, whatever, whatever you love is what you're going to talk is all you ever talk about. I'll give you an example. I apologise to the people who were in Candos last week. <laughs> I'll share this again. Back about 1978, <laughs> a lot of people weren't even born then. About 1978, just got my licence, P-plates. Had about two weeks. Went to a party and uh, was at the party, wasn't drinking. 
believe it or not, <laughs> unsaved, 17-year-old, went to the party and there was a 16-year-old girl there, about 16, I don't know. She said, you want to lift home? And uh, I said, I'll give you a lift home. Well, I had alternative motives. For those that under renewed mind, just forget it. It was okay. It was righteous. <laughs> I had an alternative motive. I knew that she lived out of Goulma somewhere and uh, with her family. So we're out of town, this party. So I headed down the driveway, uh, giving her a lift home and to put the blinker on to go left because I knew Goulma was on the left. She said, no, no, I'm staying in Golgong. I'm staying in town. And I thought, oh, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> so I dropped her off in Golgong, which are about 10, 12 k's away, I don't know. Anyway, that's irrelevant. So unbeknown to me, I only found out later that the alternative motive, I, I was asking all about her older sister. <laughs> I wanted, wanted to know where her older sister lived. And uh, she went home and told her, old, her older sister, oh, you know, Steve McKenzie loves you and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> because I didn't even know that I spoke about the older sister. I didn't even know that I was doing that, you know. And uh, so, so obviously it must have been all I was talking about. <laughs> I wasn't talking about her. I wasn't, you know, my alternative motives was wanted to know where the older sister lived. <laughs> and uh, about two weeks later, the Golgong had their big carnival. They used to have a big carnival, street carnival, and, you know, every man and his dog was up the street. And uh, anyway, this time I was drunk. I was in, uh, I was about as drunk as 40 men. <laughs> and I was in the pub, <laughs> 17. It, nothing to glory at, but it's the truth. That's, that's the reality. Paul said to preach, you know, be ready in season, out of season. <laughs> anyway, I didn't realise it, but I must have been speaking about her again. I must have been telling the whole pub. Because to go past the pub, there was about four open doors and about three open windows because it was a hot night. And all, I didn't hear it, but the, uh, the young girl, Elizabeth her name was, this one over here. <laughs> so that's why I'm sharing this story. Every opening she went past the pub, she's here, she's here, she's here. <laughs> Is that right? She's here. I didn't hear any of this. Like I said, I was pool cue was propping me up, and uh, she finally got down to the door where the pool room was, and I must have been listening. Must have been like young Normie. I come out the door and I just said g'day. <laughs> and uh, anyway, and I, I just thought, you know, I was flash as a rat with a gold tooth. You know, like had the prettiest woman in Golgong come along. Anyway, all I'm, what I'm sharing is the things that you love are the things that you talk about. And I didn't even know that I was talking about her. And I wouldn't have done it if I was sober. I wouldn't have been telling the whole pub that I love this girl. You wouldn't have done that. How mushy is that? How wrong? You know, blokes don't do that. <laughs> but here, I must have told the whole pub. But what, what I'm trying to say is, are we telling the whole world about Jesus without even knowing? You know, that's, that's the comparison I'm trying to make here. You know, that's where I'm getting to. Do we share about our love for Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ without even knowing that we're doing it. Is our life sharing about our love for Jesus Christ and we don't even know that we're doing it? 
That's, it should be just so natural. If the musicians would like to come, let, let, let's just, we'll end there this morning. You know, that's the challenge. I've got other scriptures, other things, but you know, how great is our love for Jesus Christ that we will share Jesus. We'll tell the whole world about Jesus and we don't even consciously even do it. We just do it because that love is there. You know, praise God. You know, praise God for his goodness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the love of Jesus Christ. We praise you, Lord, that your love will be shed abroad in our heart. And, Lord, that we will share, Lord, your message at all times. Lord, that our love would be evident. Our love for you would be evident for all the world to see. Lord, let your Holy Spirit just come right now in Jesus' name. And if you're in this building today and you haven't felt the love of Jesus Christ, you don't know what the love of Jesus Christ is, you haven't asked Jesus to be Lord and Saviour of your life, just ask him right now to come into your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, just come into each and every heart right now. Let your love be shed abroad in every heart. Let your love minister through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let there be a releasing in your name, Jesus. Let everyone believed they are so loved by you. Let there be a release, a release. Release from the hurts of love. Sometimes we could be hurt. Lord, let that hurt be gone in Jesus' name. Let it be replaced with your genuine love. Thank you, Jesus.